Welcome back into Morning Drive, ESPN 1025. The game hour number four here on a Monday. Nick Braden, D-Mace Marquise. Good to have you in as we take you up until 10 o'clock today. Darren, Donick, and Chase coming your way in less than one hour. And right now we welcome in the lead host of Darren, Donick, and Chase. You also hear him on the Preds intermission report, pregame, postgame. Darren McFarland joining us here on Morning Drive. D-Mac, happy Monday. How are you? Happy Monday to you guys. How's everybody? Everything is well. Uh, we know the Titans cannot beat the Bills, but also we know on the ice the Predators have had a uh, a tough time with the Detroit Red Wings. What happened on Saturday night, your biggest takeaway? And we're not even in the 1990s, right? I mean, how Correct. weird is that stat? Yeah. I what, mean, 10 of the last 11? It, it is. 1 in 10 under Peter Laviolette versus the Red Wings, which, well, like I said, is just one of those stats that makes – zero sense whatsoever we're not in the heyday of the detroit red wings back in the day with you know one hall of famer after another line after line jumping over the wall and out into the ice okay you get that the early days of the predators you get that but in today's standards and the way the predators have been the last now in year six to where the red wings have been yeah they have a new arena but uh they're trying to rebuild this thing which is uh, something they're not accustomed to in detroit and you're right, uh, Nick. It's, it's just a stat that makes zero sense, and unfortunately it played out again Saturday night. Uh, Darren, two more apples for Dutchie. Uh, that's five now. <laughs> um, so how, how good has Matt Duche? It seems like the puck moves a lot better with him on that line, and that line's playing more ice time than anybody else. How, how good has he been through through two games? Uh, by the way, I, just, I have to laugh just because you guys were just cracking me up, and you were just – just slaughtering my boy Chase, <laughs> just annihilating him. It's all love, D Mac. It's all love. But you agree? I know he can't but, call but him I, Dutch. But you agree, though? Yeah. <laughs> right. No comment. It, well, I do not call Matt Dutchy. So to answer your question, that's how long. There I'll you go. It. There you go. Uh, he has been great, and obviously spectacular. I mean, he's everything everybody thought and more. Right, as advertised, five assist five points in two games in six periods and just when you see him out on the ice man when he is out there you just know something good is about to happen that is the cool thing about Matt Deshane and he has just been involved in all the success and all the good we've seen through two games and I expect that to continue he loves being here I mean that that's the other part right like when do you ever get the perfect storm like a guy that truly has wanted to be here and it's finally happened and now not only does he want to be here, but then you also need to see the success on what he does. And early on, man, does it look good. That line looks like they've been together for years. Mikel Granlin looks different this year than he did in the second half when he was traded here. Phil Forsberg, we never thought we'd see Philip Forsberg without Johansson and Victor Arvidsson. And yet, man, when they are out there, they get it. You know, it just looks good. Forsberg tied it up in the second period. And uh, pretty play off the face-off. Deshane's been taking a ton of draws. Um, yeah, I mean, early on, man, does that look good? And, and I, I suspect that line will stay intact, especially the way they've been playing for a good while. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, that Forsberg, Deshane, and Granlin line has been great. Then the Smith, Johansson, and Arvison line has been equally as good so it's like you know there's no one line there's no first line and second line and I think you just have two lines that that you know you hope continues to play well and then you're going to need both of those lines if indeed you make it to the playoffs because as we have seen 
uh, past the first line in recent history with the uh, with the uh, Preds that they've had problems with the second and third line. But it seems like right now they have two really good lines that can compete with just about anybody, any line in the NHL. But there's one person on those lines that I mean, he's no he's he's not a secret to anyone. Um, but Victor Arvison, I mean, this the more and more watching the more and more I believe he's the engine that makes all this all this go. I know Forsberg and Johansson are, are, are wonderful, and I know Duchesne is great, but I just think Victor Arverson is, he's like that spark plug, and he's that guy that, you know, if they were ever to lose him, I don't think they could replace him. I thought for sure, and I don't know if Nick and Braden felt the same way. I thought for sure you were about to compare him to yourself, Phoenix. I really felt like that's where that comparison was going. But no, there could be a comparison, yeah, because he's just, you know, he's he's just that guy that he gives you a hundred percent. He's always playing downhill, and you know, besides his 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 physical stature. I mean, if this guy is is five eleven, six foot six one, he might just be the best player in hockey. Well, in all seriousness, that's what fans love, right? It's mm-hmm. why I think you were a fan favorite, right? You weren't a six five receiver. You weren't your prototypical receiver that they expect. But when you're out there and you're doing what you did at mm-hmm. that level, and you see what Victor, I mean, Victor Robertson, as you said, does not take a shift, a play a second off when he is on the ice he is full speed ahead and i think fans just i think they can relate to they that's what they want to see right Mm -hmm. it's it's just like when i when i talk to these seven and eight year olds i always say there's only one there's there's three things we can control energy effort and attitude that's it like i can't make you six feet tall i can't make you bigger i can't make you stronger i can't make you faster but you can control your effort you can control your energy, and that goes along the same lines of what you're talking about, Victor Arvidsson. That's why Rocco Grimaldi became a quick fan favorite. It's the same deal. You see these little guys out there in these land of giants, and they can get pushed around. If you push them down, they jump right back up, and they're right back in a play. And people can appreciate that. People can respect that. And you're going to be a fan favorite if you play like that. And, yeah, I mean, who would argue? I mean, that that is what Victor Arvidsson is, and always will be. I don't think he knows any other speed, any other style, any other way. And as long as he's out on the ice, and here we go again, Victor Robertson off off and running, and now they just need to keep him in the lineup and healthy for 82 games. And here we are, two games in and two goals. It, 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 Darren, what have you noticed from Dante Fabro and just the defense in general? I know they've they've given up some goals here in the first two games again, all all within the – the caveat of it's way, 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 way too early. But that certainly is going to be something we study closely, losing P.K. Subban and inserting Dante Fabro. What have you seen from the defense uh, that gave up you know, a, a big number on Saturday night? Well, unfortunately, I thought Fabro was going to get his first goal there in the first period, but uh, goalie interference wiped that away. Um, what have I seen? Dante Fabro has picked up where he left off in the 10 games that we saw him last year. But what really stands out to me is more about his – his line mate who's paired up with him and that's Matias Ackholm I think guys you know we've we've talked about it Matias Ackholm has, has been on the underrated side his entire career and I know he did not have a good playoffs last year we all saw it which is why it was head scratching it was like here's this guy we've been praising and building up and trying to tell everybody else in the hockey world about and what happened in that playoff series? It just wasn't like him. Well, what we're seeing now is, I think, even a better version of Matias Ekholm. And I think to your question, 
Braden, Dante Fabro is going to allow Ekholm to do things he was unable to do the last three years. Is that a knock at P.K. Subban? I wouldn't necessarily say it's a knock. It's just saying Dante Fabro and the style that he's going to bring and what he can do and defensive responsibility he brings. P.K. wanted to push the action. P.K. wanted to be in the action. P.K. wanted to cheat. P.K. And so that had to have somebody stay back to save their bacon just in case, and that would be Ekholm, where I think this line, uh, those two paired up, the more defensively responsible, but Ekholm is able to be. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but Ekholm has been fantastic the first two games. And I know there's been a couple breakdowns, and there were some defensive lapses on Saturday, which was mind-blowing. A couple uh, of those goals, you're like, what, what just happened there in the zone? But overall, I, I just think we are going to see even a better version. I think – the discussion of Matthias Ekholm being underrated, probably we won't have to have that as much anymore because I think everybody else is probably going to figure out about Ekholm this year because I think he's in for a big year. That's just that's just my gut feeling and what I've seen the first two games and paired up with Fabro. I think it's going to change his game, and I think he's going to be able to show everybody what he has in his arsenal, and he's just a tremendous player that's been unfortunately stuck behind some big defensive superstars, and so... When you're in a big four and you're always four, you don't get talked about as much, and I think that's about to change. DMAC, good stuff as always. We appreciate the time. We'll see you in about 45 minutes. All right, guys. Have a great day. You got it. Darren McFarland joining us to talk a little Preds. You mentioned Arvidsson. Mm-hmm. Now, he's listed at five foot nine. I've been in that dressing room where he's been in there with his skates <laughs> off. Nah, that's a generous not. listing. Yeah. Very he, he, but to the point of what DMAC said about you and Arvidsson, Victor Arvidsson, a lot like you, extracted every ounce of talent out of his body simply by never relenting. I mean, it was just nonstop competitive drive. Well, you play towards your strength, and his strength is his ability to go 100 miles per hour just about every every you know shift, every time down the ice. He's not going. He's one of those guys that people hate playing against because you know even the great ones like to take a play or two off. This guy doesn't, and he forces you to play the whole game, and it frustrates you because you can't take a play off. It's like even, you know, with me, a run play, you can't take a play off because I'm going to be in your face blocking you. It's like, dude, the ball's going the other way. So what? It don't matter. <laughs> and that's how Victor Arvison so is. So just it, really it does, annoying. Yeah, it's just a, and it, he's not annoying to be annoying. He's annoying because he goes 100 miles per hour. Right, that's, that's yeah. what I mean, yeah. And it's just, he's never, re- it's, it's just relenting, always in your face. And some guys don't like that. They would rather take a player two off or time down the ice off, and you can't do that when Victor Arvison's out there. Coming up at 9.30, we will go around the NFL. We've got one head coach who has just lost his job, but also on the other side, we're going to come back. Uh, we got to the Vols. We got to Vandy in the first half of the show. We did not get to the big one in the SEC. We will do that next as Auburn's perfect season came to an end Saturday in the Swamp. We're back after this on Morning Drive. Guys, let me tell you about Spring Hill Heating and Cooling. Um, listen, we've been using them for over a year now. Our family, locally owned, over two decades of experience taking care of your house. And again, we're coming out finally, thank the good Lord, we're coming out of the hottest season of the year. Which means your house was working overtime, which means your AC unit was put to the test, which means you need someone to come check that out. So check out the Comfort Club from Spring Hill Heating and Cooling. It means they're going to come check out your house every six months in the non-peak times to make sure 
they run a thorough diagnostic and make sure everything's running up and smoothly, which means efficiency, which means saving you money, which means maybe avoiding that major costly repair. This is what Spring Hill Heating and Cooling will do. They get you on the books. They schedule you for every six months. They give you a call and they say, hey, can we come out? They come out, they run their ch- their test, and they say, hey, we might have caught a problem here. We're going to save you a bunch of money. If they do find a problem, they'll present you with the information that you need to make an educated decision for your family and then give you great financing options on top of that. Spring Hill Heating and Cooling, proud sponsor of Smashville Live. Back again this week, by the way, with Kyle Turris and Dan Hamus coming up on Wednesday night. Smashville Live, there you go. It's a proud sponsor, Spring Hill Heating and Cooling. Check out the website, springhillac.com. Springhillac.com is the website. Ah, uh, yes. Welcome back in. Oh, my. Florida ends Auburn's perfect season on Saturday in the Swamp. And, boys, we talked about this. This was the, the game of the week in the conference. And you looked at Auburn's schedule, and they beat Oregon. They beat A&M. They beat Mississippi State. They still have Georgia, LSU, and Alabama to go. This was kind of like the halfway point of Murderer's Row with a scheduling standpoint. And it was a little bit too much for Bo Nix and Gus Malzahn. <laughs> Yeah, you know, Todd Grantham, we talked about how, how complicated his defenses are. That, that Florida Gator defense is ridiculously salty. As long as they stay fully healthy, they, they made life for Bo Nix miserable from the beginning. And give them a lot of credit, That's that the fans there, you know, the, the Florida fans can be fickle. They don't always show up, but man, that place was absolutely electric on Saturday afternoon. Um, it, it, the, the Auburn defense played really, really well. The Michael P. Ryan, who is from Theodore, Alabama, did not get an offer from Auburn and breaks off an 88-yard touchdown run to basically seal the game. Kyle Trask sprains his MCL, comes back and plays on it. I mean, just a just a, a really fun, great all-around football game. And, you know, Auburn's not done. Auburn's not eliminated. A road close loss to Florida still means everything is in front of you. Florida now has to go directly to LSU with an injured quarterback. Oh, by the way, a two-touchdown underdog, which is crazy. Mm. Um, so it, it's it's just getting heated up right now in the SEC, boys. We All of these teams, Georgia, Florida, Alabama, Auburn, LSU, they all have to play each other still. That was just like the first one. It's going to be great the next six weeks, man. we got a, we got they, so many huge games. What do they say? Death Valley's where dreams come to die? Yeah. Unless you're Tua. Yeah, unless you're Tua. And then you show um, up and I mean, win easily. We... we we expressed coming into this game the 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 Georgia, me not Georgia, but Auburn um, game versus Florida. This was going to be if Auburn wins this game, look out SEC because they build a lot of confidence. And, and see that 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 is what I think Dan Mullen played up all week. Uh-huh. Everybody talked about Auburn's defensive line, Auburn's quarterback. This is the year of the Auburn tie. Like Florida was only a three point home dog. But they were forgotten about. Like they were the other team in this matchup, and they they almost felt like they were disrespected as an undefeated team. Yeah, but I I mean because people people looked at Florida. What was it? What was the thing? Well, they don't. They are a bad looking top ten team. Um, you know, going into the Auburn game, and and Auburn was a really good looking, despite the play of the quarterback. They were a really good looking top ten team. I mean, Trask uh, has made more plays than Bo Nix has. Exactly. Uh, so, throwing the football. I mean, you just had two teams. And, 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 and you know, Auburn had their opportunities. Um, if you take away the long run by, by Florida, uh, which was one of those deals where, you know, the, the linebacker's there. Yeah. He's there. He's yeah. there to make the tackle for a two- or three-yard game, if that. Yeah. And he missed the tackle. And they go up the sideline. And, they, you know, P. Ron hits the sideline, and he's gone. 
Um, but that still doesn't take away, I believe, uh, what Auburn is capable of doing. Um, now, the quarterback, Gus is going to have to find out a way to – because I think there were certain situations in that game where he put too much on a quarterback. Um, he gave, he showed too much confidence in a quarterback. And, you know, you can't do that. I think moving forward, he would taper down just a little bit and allow his defense, that defensive front, which is really good. Brown is, I mean, he might just, he might be playing his way into a top two or three pick right now. Uh, if I mean, he already he, wasn't. He was a top 10 pick before yeah. the season started. I mean, his guys. He's been completely dominant. He's been a season. monster. How many sack, force fumble, pick? Like, for uh, the only thing, well, don't fall down. Yeah. He's running with the football, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, if Auburn players, because didn't they have a long pass to, was it Seth Williams or mm-hmm. something? Who caught the long pass? He was wide open, and Bo Nix overthrew him by like a fraction of an inch, and, and he it, tumbled. And he fell forward on like mm-hmm. the 10 yard line, and then, it, and then Bo Nix threw an interception in the end zone three plays later, and Derek Brown stumbled. Running yeah. to the running to the if those two guys stand up, just don't fall down. It's a touchdown. Auburn might have won the game. Yeah. That's how close Auburn actually was to going in there and winning. Exactly. So Auburn moving forward, you know, I think they still have that 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 confidence that they can play with just about anybody. And their schedule doesn't get any better. Florida's schedule doesn't get any better. Um I think and people want to complain about the SEC, they get too much hype. No, they don't. Dude, look you at just these look games. At the, yeah, you look, look at, at the schedule games. going down. These last eight games or so, man, you got Georgia versus Florida. Florida versus Auburn just played, but then Florida got to play somebody else. Florida's then Georgia, got, then Alabama. It's just yeah. every week it seems like there's going to be that pivotal game. Florida has LSU this week. They still have to play Georgia. They still have to play Missouri. Mm-hmm. Uh, Auburn plays LSU, Georgia, and Alabama. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alabama still has LSU and Auburn. Uh, Georgia still has Florida, Texas A&M, and Auburn. Alabama still has LSU, A&M, and Auburn. Like, it's, yeah. like they all still have to play a bunch of games to, against each other. And it's not much different in the Big Ten, frankly. Mm-hmm. Michigan, Penn State, and Ohio State still all have to play each other. Exactly. Wisconsin and Michigan have played once, but they still all – Wisconsin Ohio State still play. Like, there's still so many big games left in the SEC and the Big Ten. It's the other leagues that you're starting to see a lot of separation. Mm-hmm. Texas and Oklahoma are separating themselves. The Pac-12 is almost all but eliminated from the playoff already. The ACC is basically just Clemson and mm-hmm. and like maybe Virginia. But basically, the SEC and the Big Ten, get your popcorn ready because there's just massive showdowns every week the rest of the way. If you Speaking of Auburn, if you're a Titans fan and you're still alive this morning and you didn't eat a hand grenade yesterday, um, <laughs> you should want either Brown, Davidson, or Coe from that Auburn defensive line. Those I, dudes I, are just I, beasts. I, I, listen, I, I, I agree that those guys are monsters and they're, they're great high-level draft picks. What you want is a Georgia offensive line. That too. <laughs> That's what you yeah, want. That'll work because because they're pro- like if I'm a Titans fan, I am scouting offensive linemen because this is a deep, deep, deep offensive line class coming up in next year's draft. Just like we talked about last year's defensive line draft, which is why they went and got Jeffrey Simmons. This is the year to go. Like if they lose Conklin and for agency, for example, don't be surprised if their first draft pick is an offensive tackle who they plug and play at the right spot because they've got to upgrade their offensive line somehow. Here's here's a news flash, and I was talking to someone yesterday. But this is this this will be toward the end of the season, uh, after the season actually. Uh, don't be surprised because I think Jeffrey Simmons will be fully healthy next year, ready to go. Don't be surprised 
if the Titans move on from Jarrell Casey. Oh, uh, yeah, just telling you, don't be surprised if they move on from Jarrell Casey, insert Simmons, and then draft one of those so, big guys. So, will they trade him? He's they under just contract for a couple more it years. Don't matter. Okay. They release him. Right. I mean, they just gave him an extension. That extension is is probably know, worth the piece of paper they wrote it on. Nothing, um, but man, I just think that they're ushering into because to me, and I know we're gonna get back into the Titans, but to me, Jarrell Casey is not the same player he was. And granted, he's not supposed to be, but he's not the same player he was. He doesn't impact the game the way he used to. Once Jeffrey Simmons come back fully healthy, they're going to insert him. He's going to become that alpha dog. Then they're going to get another younger guy to pair with him. That's why I said don't be surprised if – now, nah, he'll find a home somewhere else, Jarrell Casey. But don't be surprised if Jarrell Casey is released after the season. It's not like he's had a season. bad start to the year, though. He's, he's had, had a sack. He's he had a forced been, fumble. He hasn't been like... that. That's why I said with the Titans' defense – they're a good defense. They do exactly what they're supposed to do, but they're not an intimidating defense. At one point in time, Jarrell Casey was intimidating. Well, and Jeffrey Simmons is extraordinarily intimidating. Yeah. Let, let me ask you something really quick about Auburn. Cause I'm, I was I, having so much fun talking about college football, and then you brought up the damn Titans. Yeah, I just had to because you brought up Brown. <laughs> we know we brought know, up Brown, know, and then that kind of segued into it. You, you watch that game Saturday, and Freddie Swain is open all day long. Florida's just picking apart Auburn's secondary. And I tweeted this out. Maybe you'll know the answer. I mean, short of Carlos Rogers 14, 15 years ago, when's the last time Auburn had an impact player in their secondary? Their mm. secondary feels like they're weak every year. Uh, it's not necessarily their strength. Now, a couple of years ago, they had a, a pretty good secondary. Um, but, but uh, again, they are largely a front seven defense. Yeah. But, again, that's where you win in the SEC. You can, you can win with great front seven players. LSU, Bama, and, and um, Florida tend to get the, the DBU moniker, right? Especially Georgia will have some players. And, and every now and then Georgia, they've had, they have really good safeties generally. Georgia does. They've, they've got a couple of good corners I mean, this year. I just think Auburn looks like a Big 12 team on the back four. Yeah, and no, that's that's their weakness this year. They're so good. It also, it's compared to the front seven, right? You compare their front seven, you go, man, these guys are so good. Why is, why is the secondary not as good? Um, they, they've had a couple of nice players probably between Carlos Rogers, which would have been like, what, 04, 05, 06 between then and now. Um, uh, listen, Auburn, they go to Arkansas this week, which is probably a guaranteed W. They still have to play Ole Miss, I believe. So they have a couple of wins still left on their schedule, but they've got to go, um, they got to, go to LSU, and they don't have any margin for error now. Uh, they, they still get Georgia and Bama at home, but I don't, I don't know how you win all three of them. And you have to win all three of them basically yeah. to get to – to Atlanta and still be in the playoff conversation. I don't think a 10-2 and two team that doesn't win its division will ever have a, an argument for the playoffs. So uh, just like Texas, just like a lot of these teams, your margin for error now is down to one. Uh, a lot of these teams can lose once and still get in. Um, it, you've got no margin for error now if you're an Auburn fan. And Florida now has to go to LSU. So all that dancing you did in the locker room, Dan Mullen, all that celebrating on the sidelines, you better get ready because uh, you're going to LSU this weekend. It, it, that is as awesome a rivalry as it gets in college football. Those two teams absolutely hate each other. The administrations don't like each other. It is going to be a ton of fun. I just hope Florida, the defense, shows up and keeps that game close. Coming up next, we will go around the NFL, and we had breaking news early this morning here on a Monday. One coach is out of a job. We're back after this on Morning Drive. All right, welcome back into Morning Drive, ESPN 1025, the game, the big finish coming up in just about 12 minutes. But as we do each and every Monday at 930, Hollywood, Marquise, Munson, let's go around the National Football League. Every loss this season brings more and more questions about your job security. Has anybody in the organization told you anything about your job and what's your concern about hanging on to this job? Nobody's told me anything, and uh, 
I don't have a concern. I'll just wait and see. My key works on Monday. Keep working. Uh, go attack the Miami Dolphins and uh, plan on getting our first win next week. Well, boys, that key didn't work this morning. <laughs> Early this morning. 4 a.m. this morning. That key didn't work. You know when you swipe it a couple times, too? It, like, turns red. It's green to enter, red if it doesn't Access work. denied. Yeah, it's like turning red. He's like, man, my car don't work, man. I wonder what's going on. <laughs> it doesn't work because... Jay Gruden was fired today. Six seasons, 35-49, and a one record. One playoff appearance, 0-5 this season. They had a win. They had a close game against the Patriots yesterday, but Patriots obviously ran away with that game. Jay Gruden fired from the Redskins. What you guys' thoughts? I mean, I, we, I think a lot of people thought he was going to be the first to go this year at yeah. some point. And I, I, is, was he not on board with the Haskins draft pick? Because it seems yeah, like there, there was like a disconnect there. Um, is it weird to just complete, be completely apathetic to this? Like, I just, it's almost like I don't care. It's like I either expected mm-hmm. it, uh, you know, the Redskins are irrelevant as a franchise. You know, I don't really have any positive or negative thoughts about Jake Crude. <laughs> I just, that's the worst thing to be right as a franchise is to be sort of indifferent. Does the fans not care about it? Does he get six years if his name is not Gruden? Uh, well, probably got, not. Didn't they if make he's a Jay playoffs? Jones, they get to the playoffs once. He got one once, playoff appearance yeah. and zero but playoff they, wins. But they've underachieved. Um, this team hasn't been good. The one playoff berth, they were nine and seven, I think, that year. Uh, end up losing in the first round. Um, you know, it's. I'm not surprised. I, I kind of figured he was going to be the first guy to go. And yeah. lo and behold, he's the first guy. Dan Quinn will be next. Yes, Dan Quinn will be next. Uh, I'm surprised they didn't fire him after yesterday. They allow Houston, after they were up, to put up 53 points. Yep. You know who else needs to go in his first year? Adam Gase. Get, that, get, get rid of that guy. Yeah. At least his excuse is all my good players are out. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, Darnold, that's, Bell's missed time, C.J. Mosley. You're right. But no, I, I'm with you. anything I think about Gase... him that inspires victory in the future? Mm-hmm. Uh, how many times in the NFL do we see, you know, all these guys that were, and I guess LaFleur is looking pretty good right now at 4-1, and one, but everybody, you know, well, if you worked with Sean McVay, you're a genius. It's the same thing with Adam Gase. Well, Adam Gase worked with Peyton Manning, and ever since he was connected to Peyton Manning, he's been labeled like, you know, this, this, well, watch out for this well, Adam Gase guy. People call Peyton, and Peyton gives him a glowing review. Yeah, and, so and then all of a sudden you're made. Him. Um, yeah, I got no problem with the job Matt LaFleur's doing right now. <laughs> I'm sure you don't. <laughs> Nor should you. I, there's nothing in life that if the Mets beat the Yankees in the World Series and when the Packers beat the Cowboys, those are probably the two things that make me the happiest out of as a sports fan in my life. Yesterday, after the three-year-old's birthday, everybody left. I sat down and watched that second half, even though they gave up some points, and I said, mm, four and one, baby. Rudolph changes the snap count here. Now takes it out of the shotgun. Here comes pressure. Better hurry. Pumps once. Runs forward. Eludes one defender. Throws. And on the move. He got his man. And there was a injured stealer. It's Mason Rudolph. And there's some it's frantic Rudolph, yes. waving here. There's no movement whatsoever by Rudolph, who climbed the pocket, went left, and took the hit as he threw the football. So a very scary moment, Raven Stillers yesterday. Mason Rudolph got hit by mm-hmm. Earl Thomas and it wasn't an intentional hit. What, you know, Earl Thomas didn't lead in with his helmet or anything. It wasn't a dirty hit. But obviously Mason Rudolph went limp. Kind of stayed on the field for a while, did not move, and you could see the players' emotions. Juju was mm-hmm. almost in tears out there. And then also 
the the damn stadium cart didn't work, so they couldn't get the stadium cart out there to get them, so they have to walk them off the field. But just a scary moment, and it seems like every week we come in on a Monday, we talk about injuries to quarterbacks and you know this quarterback being out, and it seems like it's a common occurrence every Monday that we're talking about an injured quarterback. I, yeah. I was watching that live because I had the Red Zone channel on the 32-inch while the Titans were on the big screen. And when Mason Rudolph got hit, he was it was like Taylor Lewan last year against the oh, Dolphins, yeah. where his whole body went numb and he was out cold Dude, before he hit the ground. He, he, yeah, he falls like and his legs like bend like yeah. Gumby, and he hits the ground, and then his head hits the ground again yep. when he falls, and it's so scary. And th- that means the Steelers are on their third stringer. The Jets are on their third string quarterback. You've had, what, 10, 11, 12 starters out of the NFL right now for any given reason, although Josh Allen is back. Um, and oh, by the way, Marcus, the, one of the most injury, quote supposedly one of the most injury prone quarterbacks, who's also been sacked more than everybody else, is not injured and has not thrown an interception. So just wanted to point that out. Shouldn't they have more than one uh, cart at a yeah, stadium? Yeah, no kidding. I mean, they got one cart that ended up malfunctioning. Shouldn't they have more than one cart? Um, that it just baffles me that. And, and, and I've never thought about it because yeah, the cart never broke down. Cart analysis exactly. has never been on the show. But it would behoove you to have more than one cart that can cart a player off. What if two players go down yeah. at the same time? Yeah. Then what do you do? Well, do you, or at um, least a cart repair guy. Do you guys yeah, remember? Exactly. <laughs> somebody come out and fix it. I mean, right then and there. Way back in the mid-90s when the Madden football game was only on like Sega Genesis, uh-huh. when a player would get hurt, yes. the ambulance would come on the field and run players <laughs> <That's> over. That's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they drive over players. Yes. Oh, but that, I mean, that, that was kind of scary. He, he took a shot. It, yeah, wasn't, it, was it wasn't a deliberate shot. Um, he just took a, a good shot square, you know, on the jaw and put him out. And, you know, hopefully he's he's all right. He, I'm sure he'll be out a couple of weeks because of that. Um, and now the Pittsburgh Steelers got to go look for another coach, I mean, another um, quarterback. All right, that's it for Around the NFL. And NFL fans, don't miss Nashville's best NFL pregame show featuring Jared Stillman, Floyd Reese, and Chris Sanders. They are live each and every game day for the Titans from the George Jones downtown. It'll be 1 to 3 p.m. this Sunday before the Titans visit the Denver Broncos. And it's all brought to you by Wholesale Inc., powered by RumbleOn.com, Kubota Tractors, your Middle Tennessee Kubota dealer, Wyatt Johnson Ford, and Boomba's Craft Pizza and Tap House. We'll come back with a big finish coming up next. That is correct. It is time for the big finish. We do it each and every day at 945. Uh, really quickly before we get to the big finish, your opportunity to win a pair of tickets to see Nashville SC take on North Carolina at Nissan Stadium Saturday, October 12th. Just be caller 5 right now at 615-737-1025. Braden Gall, the big finish, brought to you by... Nashville Soccer Club. Imagine that. Get your MLS tickets for the inaugural season today. Go to Nashville SC. Dot com. I want to remind you, ESPN 94.9 Game 2 is the official English radio home of the Nashville Soccer Club, speaking of. Listen in tomorrow night as Nashville SC takes on Lou City uh, at First Tennessee Park. Pre-game at 6.30. Kickoff begins at 7. Um, only on ESPN 94.9 Game 2. Powered by your middle Tennessee Toyota dealers again tomorrow against Lou City FC. Only one point back of second place in the table and only, three, only four points back of first place. So check out that game tomorrow night. 
All right, let's get it going on a Monday. It is Morning Drive, ESPN 102.5, the game. You saw it yesterday, 14-7, to the Bills defeat the Tennessee Titans. And we got a lot to get to today on the show, boys. The head coach, the offensive line, the kicker, the punt returner, the organization as a whole. Uh, I mean, just a total, absolute debacle. And you allowed it to happen again. They tightened again for the third time in five years. They lost to a wretched franchise that has scored 15, 14, and 13 points. A quarterback who was in protocol all week, and a pass rush that was non-existent. As you can tell, I'm a little fired up this yeah. morning. Yeah, I, I am it, pissed dude. off this morning. I love it. You, you allowed a pass rush that was non-existent to look like Cornelius Bennett, Daryl Talley, and Bruce Smith yesterday. But I digress. Happy this, Monday. <laughs> that Welcome game. to the show, everybody. Yeah, hey, everyone. How you doing? My issue is if you're going to go from good to great, Butch. I don't want to hear that. And you're going to give us a cliche that you're going to tag. You know, it's the it's the year we go from good to great. Well, I, this is a good football team. They're one game out of the wild card. Their quarterback hasn't turned the ball over. They can run the ball. They've got a great defense. Like these are all true things about this team. They're they're a good football team. But, but, you but think you, they're a good team? I think they're a good football team. They're two and three. One through fifth. Yeah, they're one game out of the wild card. <laughs> Look at everybody but that, else. That's, that's more of that's more of the state of the AFC right now. Maybe true, but again, I think they're a good football team. I don't think they're a great football team. Clearly, because they cannot stop making dumb mistakes. This organization should be ashamed. I'm not even joking. Like, if I was Amy Adams Strunk, like, I would be talking to individuals this morning, like, what in the world is going on? You are the, if there's one thing the Tennessee Titans are, is they are consistently inconsistent. One of the most Jekyll and Hyde franchises I can ever recall having to watch on a week-in and week-out basis, where they can look so good at times, and yet so god-awful at other times, and this morning, if I'm Mike Vrabel, if I'm John Robinson, somebody's got to go. I, I, I either need to fire Cairo Santos and cut him this morning yeah, to send a message. I need to I need to fire Keith Richards mm-hmm. or Keith Richards, Keith Carter. Might as well be offensive line, be Keith Richards. <laughs> the way they block, somebody's got to go this morning. Oh yeah, baby. It's just man, you would have thought it was a Bills home game, and you know what? That is damn embarrassing. Okay, that is damn embarrassing. A couple weeks ago, it was hot as Hades. So, yes, I can understand. Yesterday, there was no damn excuse. None whatsoever. The weather was mild. Yes, it was a little rain. But the weather was mild. You got your ponchos. The sun's not out. And no one, I mean, no one really showed up to that game. There were Bill fans. I commend the Bill fans. I I really do. I wish we had a fan base like the Bills fans. They they travel. Because they travel. And and you can say, well, the Bills better for Super Bowl. That was like 58 years ago. I understand they went to four straight Super Bowls, but they travel. They, they travel to different time zones to jump through flaming tables. Absolutely. They don't care if their oh, team was horrible uh, two years ago. They don't care if they can never beat the New England Patriots. But you know what? They show up and they show out. They try to they attempt to jump on tables and fall flat on their face. Oh, and, broke his neck. Exactly. And lay there lifeless while no one else. He looked like he died. A guy died. A guy almost died yesterday trying while to go no to a Bills game. on him. Corey Curtis from News 2. I've been covering this team a long time, and I've seen them lose some tough ones. That's among the toughest because you just walked away feeling like they should have won that football game. You know, you missed four kicks. You, they took more points off the board yesterday than they scored. That's hard to do, but they did it. But I think the biggest thing for me overall is without consistent offensive line play, it is very hard to win in the NFL. 
If I'm the governor of the state of Tennessee, I am declaring a football state of emergency in this entire state. The what Titan, can you do about that, Dan? What do you do? The about Titans that? stink. Mm-hmm. The Vols are a lost cause. The, the Titans don't stink. Vanderbilt is atrocious. We are officially a Southern Canadian province. <laughs> All we have left in this state is hockey. Other than Memphis on the western end of this state, I'm, I'm just talking about Nashville to Knoxville, the middle, the middle portion, east, except for the west. We've got nothing. All yeah. we have is hockey. Me- Memphis football. I my- moved to Winnipeg apparently. But Arby's just—he just—he brings that. He brings that energy, man, that, 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 again, it's infectious. And it rubs off on everybody, even the people in the, in, in, in the stands. You know, it just, it just splats on everybody. All right, so the Predators 1-1 one one through two games. They've got the San Jose Sharks tomorrow night. And then the Washington Capitals on Thursday as they open up the season with four straight at Bridgestone Arena. I like that splat reference. That was a good job at you, Mace. I see you, I see you giggling over there. Braden's crying. He's, he's lost his mind. We welcome in David Ubbin from The Athletic. Yeah, I mean, I think I put a little bit of a scare to Georgia. Uh, they might have found a quarterback. And, you know, it's weird that, uh, you know, the, the state of Tennessee football right now is that you lose by a game by 29 points. Or, I guess, yeah, 29 points, and people are kind of encouraged by it. Uh, and I think they may have some good reason to. Um, but, you know, time will tell. I think uh, the quarterback situation will be pretty fascinating to watch for the rest of the season. Totally underrated Snoop Dogg moment was the character he played in Training Day. Yeah. Where he's in the wheelchair. <laughs> yeah. And, and Denzel, Denzel jams the pen down his throat and he throws up the crack because he tried to swallow it. Because oh, he's in a, he can't he's walk, a paraplegic, right? yeah. yeah. And then uh, him and Ethan Hawke get into it and uh, Snoop Dogg <laughs> says to go to Denzel, man, put him in the front seat with me. I bet I'll whip as you know what. <laughs> Denzel jams that pen down. He throws up and he goes, oh, what's that? He goes, mother bleeping crack. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jimmy crack corn. <laughs> One, two, three. Oh, you're federally effed. <laughs> You yeah, want to go to jail or you want to go home? There's literally not a scene that you don't know in that movie. Nick, Nick, Nick. All right. You are amazing. Mark? Folks only work in horseshoes and hand grenades. Yeah. And last I checked, we ain't playing horseshoes in Nissan and damn sure ain't got no hand grenades. So there we go. Although that sounds like a Buffalo Bills tailgate party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're, hey guys, we're going to play uh, horseshoes and hand grenades later. What do you guys want to do? Who's going to let go of the, the grenade? Poll question for Titans fans. What would you rather do this upcoming Sunday? Watch the Titans and Broncos or have a hand grenade thrown in your living room? Yes. The Morning Drive Daily Rewind. Excellent job self-editing your quote, by the way, Nick. Excellent job of, of quoting Training Day and editing it all at the same time. Well, when you don't have any football to watch in the state, you watch Training Day, you know? Ooh, you know. burn. No, no burn, <laughs> just facts. Burn. It's still burn. burn. Factual evidence. <laughs> it's a factual burn. Oh, you know what? It's all going to change when they when they beat the Broncos next Sunday and we yeah. come in here Monday we're like, oh, Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Nah, we're not going to say that. Denver, right, two and a half point home favorite. I mean, See, guess home. what? Titans are an underdog. means they're going to win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. All right, that's it for us. Uh, a couple of quick things before we get out of here. Uh, Monday Night Football tonight, the Browns and the 49ers. Any thoughts tonight on that one? Uh, uh, I do. I do. I'm, I, I'm surprisingly interested in watching it. Uh, Niners 3-0, right? Browns always interesting. Are they it's in Cleveland or in uh, San Bay Francisco? It's the Bay Area. Yeah. Here's the thing. Aren't there four divisional playoff games that could, that could clinch a series today? That's true. Four yeah. baseball get four baseball series could all end on the same day. I don't. I can't remember the last time that could happen. So that, that's 
That's intriguing. Not, not to be prisoner of the moment, but is October the better sports month than April? Oh, I think you can make that case. I, I, I like the other side, too. I love Final Four right into the Masters, into opening day for baseball, into Stanley, Stanley Cup and NBA playoffs. NFL draft. That's a really good week. That's a really good month. But it's hard to argue with playoff baseball, the start of hockey season, the start of the NBA you know, midnight madness is around the country in the NFL and college football. Those are two pretty good arguments there. Two pretty good months. AD and L. Oh, God. VJ. Cut off his microphone. Watch out. Lake Show is coming to to an arena near you. Just beware. We don't, you, you we know, don't have one of those beware. arenas. I, I feel like if you, watch, if you watch the <laughs> NBA on Christmas Day, uh-huh. you're a loser. But the fact that you're mentioning the NBA in October... Makes you a double. How, how many no. points did LeBron score in the preseason game last night? Or two uh, he had 15, I think. Yeah. yeah, see, the fact that you know that. Yeah. I mean, that's where I watched it a little you, preseason you, basketball. I watched summer league. Because that, that's a sick <laughs> thing to things. do. No, yeah. no. Nah, AD, monster. Yeah. Epic, monster. <laughs> Best player. <laughs> Championship. He's a great. He's a great. Lakers. He's a great player. Eldon Campbell's not walking through that door anytime soon. Is Smush Parker, Smush. or as I call him, Mush Parker. Smush, Smush. Smush. All right, that's it for us here on a Monday. Have a great rest of your day. Darren Donick and Chase are coming up next. We will talk to you tomorrow morning at six a.m. here on ESPN one zero two five. The game. And as one man once famously said, when he signs off of Twitter on social media, take care. <laughs> Bailey DJ Nashville. Stay dry and I love ya.